Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti along with Andrew P. Shea. Andy, how are you doing, my friend? Jimmy, it's here. Officially. <laughs> Let's just say it. This is our first 2023 official football season show because training camp has started for the Penn State Nittany Lions, arguably James Franklin's most exciting uh, training camp, but it's here. Football season has started. First game is what, in 29 days? And they started camp on Wednesday. It is here officially it is football season it is august camp has started there cannot be any more excitement if you're a penn state football fan for a team that has big 10 title aspirations rightly so and college football playoff aspirations and rightly so for a lot of reasons but it is here and that in and of itself means it's time for some football you're right, Andy. We are finally here. We're training camp. And I thought, hey, how about we talk about training camp and the issues that come along with that? Every new year, as confident as I think the team is, fans have confidence in this team, there's always going to be question marks. And it starts with training camp. And where you begin, I believe, is where what players have left the team and what's the significance of that loss? But let's start with that leadership aspect. Last year, Penn State had, when you think about people like Sean Clifford, P.J. Mustafer, Jair Brown, these guys are now gone from this team. They were multi-year starters, so they were the guys who provided the leadership for this team. So I guess my question to you is, how important is it? I, leadership is either overrated or underrated. I'm not sure which, Andy. Yeah, I I think this is one of the big transitions for Penn State during this training camp. Is literally, you know, you you have they lost all their team leaders. You mentioned a couple of them. It's all across the board. Sean Clifford at the quarterback position. You know, PJ Mustafer. You know, Jonathan Sutherland was a team captain. Juice Gruggs on the offensive line, team captain. You know, Jair Brown, leader in the secondary. Joey Porter Jr. was a veteran. You know, he led by example by creating sort of his own island as a Penn State corner. Chris Stoll, the longtime long snapper, kind of the special teams guy, the leader, right? They lost all of them. Now, They have studs, right? They have stud young football players. But team leaders sort of reveal themselves in the locker room and kind of a little bit on the practice field, but more on Saturdays in between the lines because that's their domain, right? The locker room. Practice field belongs to coaches. And you can have a little bit of leadership develop there, but who are going to be the leaders for this team? 
you look at the quarterback position and say, well, Drew Aller has to be a leader. It, leaders come in many shapes and forms, as Penn State likes to use, you know, identify var- leaders in a variety of ways. But Penn State is bereft of true leadership identified on this team. It's not because they lack stud players. That's different. I just think, you know, it's very underrated. It's very important. It's, you know, who are the guys who have some of the, you know, bigger voices, have some of the sort of, you know, follow me and do what I do, and and I know what we're going to be able to do. And, you know, the little player huddles, they're the ones whose voices you hear. Warm-ups, you hear your leaders talking a lot in pregame warm-ups. Those kind of things, they have nobody that served in that role, per se, that doesn't mean guys aren't going to emerge in them, but they don't have any of them. And I don't think it's a problem. I agree with you. It's not like problematic that they don't have any identified leaders. I just think camp will help them identify those because I know the coaching staff's looking for them. James makes a big deal out of naming captains, right? Like you and I both know it. They love to, it's social media. Who are the captains? Why are they captains? And, and he talks about it. And it is important. And I think this camp, one of the big things of this camp is the coaching staff is looking to identify the players that they see are leaders and to identify them as captains. And that will take some time during camp, but I think it's an underrated, a little bit undervalued, not critical like, oh, well, if if Drew Allard isn't identified as a team captain, then Penn State has a problem. I don't see that in any way, shape, or form. It's just who emerges and how do they look and what do they bring to this team because it's got a lot cooking and leadership isn't one of them. Well, Andy, he did name a couple captains. Uh, Keaton Ellis on defense, Dom DeLuca special teams, Olu Fashnu on offense. And they were probably logical guys in those positions, but not necessarily – like you mentioned people like Sean Clifford at the quarterback position, veteran, been around, older, more mature, and the quarterback lends itself to that. Even on the offensive line, probably the center position lends itself to that leadership role, you know, quicker than a left tackle or somewhere else. And Keaton Ellis has not been like a dominant player, multi-year starter, but it's going back to the Sean Clifford to Drew Aller transition. You want your quarterback to be the leader, the guy who could take charge because that comes with the position. Uh, that leads me to ask this question, which has come up quite a bit from the Big Ten Media Day. James Franklin has not named Drew Aller the starter. You, me, and the rest of the world assume he will be. Is there any connection with that, Andy? Would Drew Aller's path to leadership of this team be a little bit easier if he would be named the starter sooner rather than later? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question because it's it doesn't seem like it's complicated, but there's a couple layers to the onion, right? Like the quarterback position, the competition. I I'm leaning towards James, even though it's pretty clear who has the better skill set that Drew Aller will be named the starting quarterback. But it is a possibility. How can you sort of identify him as a leader 
when you haven't identified it as a starter. But when it comes to naming the starter, I don't have a problem for the first time in a long time without an incumbent and a true competition. Now, James said, oh, well, we have competition every year. Okay, yeah, right. But I think this is a little bit more of a competition in the Tommy Stevens, Trace McSorley role than after that really clear-cut example that it was really close and it ended up being really close. I think it's better for Penn State and it's better for Drew Aller and Mike Yersich and the coaching staff. The sooner the better. I, I, I think it, the only time I can see this is problematic if we're past, say, mid-August because camp has started. So if you're getting into the third week of August and they still haven't identified their starting quarterback, I kind of think that it would be a problem. The sooner Drew Aller can sort of, and maybe it's already happened and James just isn't going to do it. That's always a possibility, folks. Let's just put it out there. The sooner, the better. I don't mean they have to rush, and it doesn't have to be this week or Monday of next week or whatever or the first time he has media availability. I just think the, that it can't drag into the, to the latter part of camp to the final third of camp. I just don't think that's that's not serving Penn State well, in my opinion. That's just my two cents. Because there's many layers to it, Jimmy. There, there are, Andy, and we're not there in the locker room at practice and all of that and see. It, it could be a situation where Drew Aller is taking the first team reps. Everyone on the team knows he's the first team guy. He's the starter. And he's developing that leadership skill already, same as if he were officially named the starter. However, if it's a case where James is saying, hey, kid, you got to earn it every day, and he gives Bo as many uh, reps as Drew Aller to try to prolong this idea that you've got a battle for that starter position, I'm a little bit concerned about it because when James actually says, oh, the sooner we can name the starter, the better. James, if that were the case, day after the Rose Bowl, you could have <laughs> named Drew Aller your starter, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's almost like he's the assumed starter nationally, if you look at it, because anytime you know you read something about Penn State going into this season, now the camp started, you're going to be continuing. The focus despite all of the, you know, talent richness that this roster has, the focus, and rightly so, the quarterback, it's the most important position. You you have clearly identified that for many, many years that we've worked together. It's the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback. And I'm with you. I'm not going to – I have my opinions, but I am with you, Jimmy. But – it is the most important position. It is assumed that he's going to be the starter and he's garnering that type of attention. Even though James is fighting, you know, an uphill battle and trying to make it seem like it's a true competition. He's garnering most of the attention. I don't I think that's a good thing because I think he's built to handle it kind of this way. You have to talk about the entire roster and that defense in the same vein, but that's not the way it's going to go. This camp is going to be about Drew Aller not about Penn State and all the things we're going to talk about. Nationally speaking, Penn State is about having a new starting quarterback who's a five-star. 
yeah, oh, they have really good running backs and their defense is good. But it's all about Drew Aller. That's just the way it's going to be, Jimmy. And that's kind of a good thing for Penn State, in my opinion. Well, it is the story, Andy, and it leads to, you know, I think James Franklin has his book on how to coach and how he does things. And I think this is how he handles quarterbacks when he doesn't have an incumbent. We're going to say it's up for grabs. you got to compete. And I suspect the team knows what's going on. The rest of the team doesn't care. They know it's Drew Aller. And this is a situation where James Franklin is just following that. Here's the formula. Here's where the way you do it. It'll be interesting to see when he will actually come out and make the announcement. Okay, Andy, that's it for quarter number one. We're going to... We're going to continue this training camp talk in quarter number two. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, Local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Andrew P. Shea. I'm Jim Galante, and this is quarter number two of our show. Andy, we are talking about training camp beginning it's an exciting time for those of us who love college football and especially those of us who are Penn State football fans. And as I said, we were uh, talking training camp topics. In quarter number one, we talked about the idea of leadership. And Penn State lost a lot of guys on that front. They lost their veteran leadership. And it's like, who's going to fill that in? And where are we at the quarterback position? 
and you expect the quarterback to be part of that leadership. Let's move on to a couple other topics, though. And you brought this up, Andy, so I'll give you credit for that. And it's something we on our show have not talked about a lot. And that's the kicking game. Penn State has actually done pretty well with their kickers, especially their punters. This year, coming into it, no incumbents at either position. And not only that, the guys who you thought might be the incumbents, the young guys who were so highly rated, he brought in some transfer portal guys to compete at both the punter position and kicker. How concerned are you? Yeah, I think behind wide receivers, right? And wide receivers is like a mixed bag. But behind wide receivers, let's stick to the to the kicking game. And and when I say kicking, when I say kicking, I am not talking about Penn State having a special teams sort of issue that needs to sort of come through training camp in better shape. It is strictly punting, kickoffs, and kicking. And there's a lot of them. Penn State is desperately, not in a desperate situation, they are desperately searching for one or the other to emerge. And they'd even probably even look at going with three because you're talking kickoffs, kicking, and punting. So it is a, a very high priority and concern of mine. It's actually something I am paying close attention to, and I will look all through training camp at any and all breadcrumbs that come out about the kicking game because – when you have a roster at this level and you're sort of the expectations are this high, your kicking game needs to not hurt you. And, you know, punting is going to be something that is about confidence and about repetition, and that's going to have to work itself out. And it's going to, it might be a little trial and error the first month of the season, kicking extra points and field goals and then kickoffs. You know, that's points on the scoreboard. I, It's not that Penn State doesn't have options. James has created a very rich field of opportunity at this position. It's just, you know, through, you know, spring ball, it didn't really, it didn't take a step forward. This camp, it needs to take a step forward. I have lower expectations for Penn State in terms of the kicking game and they have the kind of roster that can overcome it, but it can't be a it can't be a boulder. It can't be a, a burden to this team. And I think behind you know wide receivers sort of establishing themselves as being at the next level, however many guys that is, because they have a crap load of them to choose from. I really, really think some kind of clearer picture through this month of what the kicking game looks like and who that is. And and we don't need to bring up names because there's plenty of them. There's a transfer from Columbia, a transfer portal guy from Columbia that they brought in just to add more options. I think it's really, really, really important for Penn State for this at least to figure itself out a step or two forward because – they're going to be a player at the highest level. That's just the way their roster is set up to be, and they they are going to need a kicking game. And, Andy, you know, 
I'll name the names then. <laughs> you know, they brought in uh, the kick, the kicker from Columbia. His name is Alex Falcons, and he was brought in. He's competing with Sander Sahedak. Now, it's not unusual for a collegiate team to do that. Where I think it's the concern is Sahedak was brought in as a very, very highly regarded kicker. So my concern right. is, wait a minute, if he were a sure thing, would you be bringing in the transfer? And the same thing, you know, the punter was Alex Bichetta, who you brought in. It's the same story. You br- were bringing in a very highly rated guy, and you yep. now brought in a transfer, I think, from Florida Atlantic to compete with them. And again, nothing wrong with competition, nothing wrong with it at all. But I think in the back of our heads, we got to say, hey, wait a minute. Those other two scholarship kickers were brought in, kicker and punter. The thought was maybe they sit their first year, learn the process, and then they become a two, three-year guy. When you have to bring in a transfer instead, start you start to get a little nervous about that. You know, is there a reason why we needed to bring in the transfers? Okay, Andy, let's let's move on. You alluded to another topic, which was the wide receiver position, and you did a little digging and came up with some numbers that this team has lost 48% of its receptions, 41% of its touchdown catches. Understandable on the surface, that's a concern, but at, at tight end, I think they're fine. At wide receiver... I agree. Looking at the personnel, do you look at the fact that those, what we'll call the top two, Mitchell Tinsley and Parker Washington, have graduated, moved on? Is that, are you so concerned about replacing that talent as opposed to just replacing the numbers? Yeah, I, 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 no, I'm not concerned about the talent. I think Penn State has. An abundance of talent. They clearly were not happy with the development at that position from a coaching perspective. They got rid of their wide receiver coach and hired a new one. And I think that was a, a preamble to James knowing that a little bit that they they have and he can see, and you know, to a degree, Mike Yersich can see it, that they have what they're looking for and they have what they want talent-wise. It just wasn't matching up on the development side to being, you know, what they needed at the pace they were looking at it for. I mean, they did get two guys in the transfer portal. Again, they have a slew of of young receivers that were recruited to choose from, but they also had zero aversion to going into the transfer portal and bringing two more experienced college guys who have college major college football experience at a high level in Florida state and the Mac uh, Dante Cephas from Kent state. They had no problem bringing those guys in at opportunity because it, it wasn't at the level they were looking for. And they figured an entire off season through spring spring ball and camp, the young receivers, they either they develop, or we're going, or when it comes camp time, we're going to have some some transfer guys that are going to look to create that opportunity. So, 
it is. I think there's a little bit of overconcern here because it's in combination with a new starting quarterback. Like they don't have a premier receiver to go along with a new starting quarterback. That's a cause and effect type thing. If Sean Clifford were still the quarterback and this was his seventh year, 25 year old starting quarterback, I, I don't think you'd have as much concern about the wide receiver position. I still think it's tied to the first year starting very talented quarterback. In my, the way I see it is Penn State has what they need and I think they'll mix and match and figure it out. I think as this season develops at, at the level Drew Aller plays at and can perform at, I think he's going to be the one that sort of brings them to the next level. You know what I mean? Like he's the one that does the most dirty work that helps the receivers sort of become at the level that this offense is going to need. And they have cover. They have good tight ends. They have ridiculously good running backs and they have a veteran experienced offensive line. So there is some cover for this group to emerge and work through also game situations in the first month of the season. I expect to see a lot of receivers. You're going to hear a bunch of names through camp and you're going to hear a bunch of names through the first two, three, four games of the season, because I think Penn State is going to play it that way, is that unless somebody clear-cut emerges, you can't just go with two receivers. You need four or five. At this level, you need four or five receivers at the, you know, championship highest levels and being a, you know, top five team going into the season regarded as one of those. You're going to need a deep depth chart there because you don't have that one or two studs. That's, I think it is something that is going to be important and will need to be pay attention to, but it's a camp thing, but I also think it's going to be just as important through the first couple, two, three games, get them eight, 10, 12 quarters and see how it looks. Andy, I have so many differing thoughts on this position and where they're at, you know, you change coaches, you do that because two things, not recruiting at the level you want, not developing at the level you want. You could see that. The fact that there's multiple transfer portal guys coming in, that's part of this discussion also. That says we're not satisfied because it wasn't a numbers game. They had enough numbers here. And so many of these guys have shown different potential and it's, it's going to be fascinating to watch if they are successful, if they do play well, where are you going to uh, lay the credit? Is it because the player's talent is coming to the front? Is it the coaching and development of the players? Is it going to be the fact that you have a different quarterback there? Now, I was one of Sean Clifford's defenders, but I will still admit there were games I saw passes that he threw and I just started shaking my head that, you know, often the long pass, I say, you could often throw the receiver open. It Instead of just throwing it deep over his head, it's inside. You know, throw it to the left, allow the receiver to go get it because he's got a step or two in that direction over the defender. Yep. And it didn't feel like Sean Clifford had a feel for that type of pass. So I think it's all of those things and We'll see how it ends up, Andy. All right, that's it for quarter number two. Stick around. Next up, it's Ask Andy.
Stay tuned. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. You know what that means. It's time to ask Andy. This is where we take your questions. Andy gives the answers at the end of the segment. He'll pick out the best question, and the winner will get the prize pack from 409tailgateclub.com. Andy, are you ready, sir? Let's do it. Training camp started. Here we go. The training camp started edition of Ask Andy. Let's start with Brian from Georgia. He says, with Penn State at 920 wins all time, will James Franklin be here when Dear old state gets to 1,000 wins. Oh, oh, so that's another decade, basically. If you say you average eight wins a year, right? Like, yep. Maybe nine years. Um, oh, come on. He's got to average at least eight wins a year. Yeah. You Okay. You said nine instead of 10. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Maybe nine. It does. Um, yes, I do. I'm going to say yes, Brian, in Georgia. I I, I think, you know, he's – he's a, I, I just think he's a, a horse for this course. I think he's the right guy at Penn State. I think he fits, you know. Some people don't aren't, – aren't big fans, but, you know, he goes out. This season's going to be instrumental, and he's recruiting at another level, and 
he's got a athletic director that, you know, he works better with. Is that a good way to put it? They kind of mesh together better in uh, Mr. Kraft. So I don't see any reason for James to be window shopping. He's, he's not the kind of coach that you would look at as an NFL coach. I don't see him, even though he has some NFL experience, he just doesn't seem like a NFL head coach to me. And that's not a knock. Dabo Sweeney's not sort of doesn't have that feel of an NFL coach. Nothing wrong with Dabo's coaching. Um, yeah, I think if when dear old state gets to a thousand, it's James. James is our head coach. I, I have a hard time seeing it otherwise. I, I agree with you, Andy, and for a couple reasons. I, I think you're right. Um the college fit with James is I think he's a very good recruiter. I think that family atmosphere that he creates that's something you do at college you don't do in the nfl it's a business in the nfl right i know it's getting closer and closer to that in college plus the fit at penn state now i know we've seen over the last couple of years some coaching changes from high-end program to high-end program lincoln riley from oklahoma to usc uh kelly from Notre dame to lsu but I think you also have a situation where James is reaching that point in age where would he want to go and restart again? Right. Um, his daughters are probably in school locally. Does he really want to relocate them? I think there's a lot of reasons why. And, and I'll go the other way. I think from Penn State's perspective, James Franklin is as good a fit as you're going to find. So I think from Penn State's perspective, I don't think they could do better. What, the last thing I want to say about that, he had, an, er, he had some early highs, 10 win seasons, won that Big Ten title, should have been in the college football playoffs that year. Um, and he experienced some lows too, right? The, the back-to-back seasons in 20 and 21 where they were sub-500 in the conference and a 500 football team overall. He sort of... He's had both and spun out of it, and he's seems to only be getting better at being the leader and the head coach at Penn State as time moves along. And, you know, for the Penn State fan base, he's a Pennsylvania guy. This is an important job to him. I think that gets overlooked. I mean, he's from Philly, played his college ball at East Stroud, and he loves Penn State, and that's a good fit when it comes to sort of, you know, the niche that is the Penn State fan base. I think that gets undervalued sometimes. He wants to be here. And, Andy, he also, I think, found out with this pro building a program is not a one-year thing. You know, you can't just, uh, you know, we saw Mel Tucker at Michigan State bring in a whole bunch of transfer portal right. guys, and he won 10 or 11 games in one year. But you know what? It's sure shot back the following year. I think James Franklin, despite, you know, that up and down one loss record, there's been a constant rise in the program itself and the things he wants to do here. So yep. um, I, I, I think he realizes if he went somewhere else, he'd have to go through a long slog to, to get to the same place. All right. Now, I've got to do some explaining for this next question. Okay. Tim from, 
Tim from Port Matilda, and I'll just show you, Andy. Oh, this, no. He actually, oh, his I question here, That's he a qualified it there. No, <laughs> and then there's more. He oh, came back my again. God. <laughs> That's a 500-word essay. Yes. So I'm going to consolidate it and I think translate it to where he went. And I'll preface it with, and I've brought this up before, Andy, there are three kinds of lies. There's your normal lie, there's your damn lies, and then there's your, there's your statistics, okay? Okay. Tim uses statistics. He was looking at, and I think he was trying to evaluate what could we expect from Drew Aller, you know, a high court and high expectation quarterback, highly regarded. And he looked over the last 10 years, took the top 10 quarterbacks from each year, a total of 100 quarterbacks, and said, gee, over the last 10 years, those 100 only have five national championships over the 10 years. So that's a 5% success rate. Well, then he qualified it by saying, well, gee, over 10 years, if they won five of the national championships, that's a 50% success rate. So looking at the same numbers, he comes up with the same conclusion. And just to, you know, Tim is self-aware enough. That's Those were the first two parts of the question. The third part, he, he qualified it by saying, it's Friday. It's the end of the week. See if you could find a clear question out of all of this. <laughs> That's funny. So here, here's what I'm going to pull out of this. Highly, highly rated quarterback in Drew Aller in his first season actually starting. What should our expectation level be for that, Andy? Uh, Yeah, that's okay. So, Jimmy, you did ask a hard question. I think it is, it is not a, it is, he's got to play, Jimmy. He's got to start and play. I think the expectation is, Penn State's viable as you head into week 10. He's got a team that he's, you know, he's got teammates around him. Penn State's still still viable in the chase for the Big Ten title and in the college football playoff discussion. That means he's done, reached his expectation in terms of this offense. As long as you reach, you know, the, the 10th, 11th, 12th week and Penn State's still viable, in my opinion, Drew Aller's done his job as the first year starting quarterback. He's got a lot of help around him. Numbers wise, it's 3000 yards and more touchdowns than interceptions. Simple. Well, I'll also point you to our colleague T Frank, who he did a series with blue white illustrated better or worse for each position group. And we then talked about it on our show. And at the quarterback position, he looked at history a little different than Tim did. He went over the last five, six years, took the top three ranked quarterbacks, and then said, okay, either like in their second year or their first year of starting, he used their numbers to success or not. And essentially two out of three succeeded, had successful years in that first year. And he also pointed out where he went into this, he said, thinking, boy, matching Sean Clifford's numbers from last year, would be the expectation. But he said, after doing this exercise, I actually expect more from him than we got from Sean Clifford last year. So that, you know, it, it's kind of an interesting thing 
Tim, I give you lots of credit for the effort. Um, and I think, I hope I cut that down into the, you know, kind of question you were looking for or the kind of answer you were looking for. Andy, let's go to Stan in Nashville who says, Andy, as you observe the college football conference realignment landscape, past, current, and future, what do you think are the top positives and the top negatives? So I think the top positive is more, the bigger conferences are going to mean more week-to-week elite matchups. That's just simply going to be the best thing about it is it's going to be hard in 2024 not to find a sort of elite matchup and, you know, a top 15 team against a top 10 team or a top 20 team against a top five team. That's going to be hard not to have one of those week to week. The downside to me is sort of the emergence of two power conferences, right? Like two of them, the SEC and the Big Ten, right? It's the SEC, it's the Big Ten, and then it's sort of everybody else right now, right? Like that's just where we're at. And to me, that's a bit of a downside in terms of overall parity, but that strength, that sort of downside is also going to create much better college football matchups. Andy, I, well, I had a little chance to think about this more than you did, but my issue, I think we lose some of the regional interest in the game. Yeah. Southeast Conference is the South, Big Ten's the Midwest. Pac-12, you know, all the West Coast stuff, you know, we'll miss Oregon versus USC. What I think the positive is to it, though, and maybe this is close to what you were saying, is not just the matchups of those top-level teams, but new matchups. You ever see how excited Penn State gets, Penn State fans get, when they have an out-of-conference game against the power conference foe? Didn't matter that Auburn may have been down. Fans were so excited to see Auburn come up here and to go down to Auburn. Yep. A lot of excitement about playing West Virginia, even though West Virginia's down. Well, think about the starting in 24. We're going to see USC, USC Penn State, USC Ohio State, USC Michigan. That's a must-see game. How about the Southeast Conference? Oklahoma, Alabama. Texas, Alabama, Texas, Georgia. Those are matchups that will have a national interest, not just regionally. So I think that's the plus side. I'm sure that will wear off, but um, I I think that's really important. Andy, that's it for quarter number three. Stick around. We got more to go in quarter four. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. 
truststatecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. He's Andy. I'm Jim. We just got done with our Ask Andy segment. Which means, Andy, you got to pick a winner. Who's it going to be? E for effort. It has to be Tim from Port Matilda. That's it. I mean, that's the reason. That effort is admirable. It really is, Tim. And and the thing is, I've done similar exercises to this, Tim. And the tough part is when you go and reach out for all that data, the tough thing is how do you then consolidate that to a question or a conclusion. But as Andy said, we sure appreciate the effort and you're welcome to send us 2,000 words, questions, anytime you want. All right, Andy, the rest of the show, we've been talking about training camp and what are the issues that come up. And this one is kind of interesting. And you use the expression sophomore slump and I'm using little air quotes here which is great for radio and podcasting when there's no video. But <laughs> the, I think what you're talking about is kind of the second year in, and it might actually technically be the third year, but as a second year starter or coming off, there are so many players on this team. That it was their first year to have an effect. And we're talking about people like the two running backs. We're talking about Chop Robinson, who I know came over from Maryland. Abdul Carter, and even if you want to throw in Kalen King, you know, um, I realize that he had two years starting, but this was kind of his uh, coming out party a year ago. The question is where we sometimes just make the assumption, well, they're definitely going to be better this year than they were last year. That's not always the case, is it? Yeah, that it's so it's a it's a double-edged sword for me. I mean, as overall looking at it, if you think about it, 10 Penn State freshmen last year lost their red shirts and six of those 10 played in all 13 games. So they have a lot of young stunts. Plus they had three transfer portal guys, including Chop Robinson, Hunter Norzad, and Mitchell Tinsley, who all played major roles outside of the freshmen 
for this team. So first-year players, it was high. And generally speaking, at, at development-wise, and teams do this and it's the same for players, that the biggest jump will come from year one to year two when you're going up another level, like from high school ball to college. You look for a big jump from year one to year two. But the the level at which these guys landed on the scene as sort of first year, you know, Carter, both those running backs, you know, Chop Robinson the same. Yeah, he had he had some time at Maryland. I, I would say King was he was a, a timeshare guy who became a first year stud, right? So this is year two. I don't ex- <laughs> King's is the least likely. You know, are those running backs gonna be as good? You expect them maybe to be a little better. I don't know if that's a realistic expectation. I mean, they were so darn good, Jimmy. Maybe they can be. That would be like, holy crap. But you just don't You don't want regression. That's it. You just don't want a regression from your studs. What I uh, think we've got to be careful as fans in watching this is that, yes. you know, let's talk the running backs. Yeah, they could be better. They could be improved this year, but it may not reflect itself in the numbers the way we want to see it. So if they combine for, what, 1,800, 1,900 yards, oh, my goodness, they'll definitely be over 2,000 yards combined this year. Not necessarily. Maybe Trey Potts gets some of those carries that those two were getting last season. And maybe you don't see it in the numbers, but – Maybe they improve on their blocking skills, okay? Things that fans don't necessarily see because it's a little too subtle. And I hate to bring this up because it's kind of a jinx kind of thing. But when you talk about some of these players, uh, and again, I'll go with the running backs. They were crazy healthy last year. I don't recall either one being even nicked up at all. So... You know, are we going to have a situation where maybe they're just battling a little bit of an issue? They can play, but they're hampered by that. Those are the things that we don't know, Andy. And this is another place, though, where I have a lot of confidence in this coaching staff that these players, they can't get be relaxed. They will constantly be challenged. And I think we already saw that in the weight room where players got bigger, stronger, faster, even these elite players. You know, we we heard, like, Fashionu. He's a guy who would have been a first-round draft pick last year, and he improved all his physical numbers, got bigger, yep. stronger, faster, and he could have just sat on his laurels and still be a number one pick this year. So I give credit to the coaches. I think they will come through. And, Andy, I want to leave us enough time here for another a fun topic. You brought this up, and you use the expression, who are two key players to watch in this camp? And, you know, it's, it's easy to say Drew Aller. That's the obvious one. But we're looking for a couple guys who, under the radar, might be a little too strong, but they're not the obvious Drew Aller. Who are a couple guys that you're looking at that you're paying extra special attention to in this camp? Yeah, that's a that's a 
good. It's two guys, and I think you have to. I, I identified one on each side of the ball, and I think they're at positions of importance for Penn State. I'm going to start on defense. I'm going to go with Devon Ellis, 302 pounds now, a little bit bigger, a little stronger, a little faster. He's got good seat time. He can play a variety of positions. He is a vocal sort of leader. He might want to be those guys going back to quarter one that emerges as a sort of vocal leader on that defense, not just along the defensive line, but in that huddle, not calling the plays as a captain, but as the leader. And I think he's one to keep an eye on. He's This camp is going to be really important for him because – He's got cover on the outside. Penn State, straight up the middle, is going to be something that teams are going to look to exploit, right? They're going to go right at Penn State and see how good this quartet of defensive tackles is. So I think Devon Ellis is very high on my list. I'm going to steal a wide receiver on the other side. There are pieces of Wallace's game that you could see in 2022 that could transition to something next level in 2023. And it goes beyond just catch the ball, right? Like there are some little devils in the details that he was starting to sort of become natural at that you could see as a wide receiver, especially when Parker Washington went out and he played more. I think this camp is really important for him because he has that kind of talent. It goes beyond catching the ball. It is a connection with Drew Aller. Is he one of those? Can he de- does he develop that connection with Drew Aller? And is he one of those receivers? Because as you mentioned in quarter one, when you were talking about the quarterbacks, I think the deep ball is is going to be a potential weapon for Penn State this year because Drew Aller's got that kind of arm, and he's that kind of receiver. He's got that potential. And I see him having a high ceiling. He needs to have a good camp to set the foundation for that. So those are the two guys that I identified as sort of my two guys to keep an eye on for camp. Look for any breadcrumbs. Look for any nuggets. You've already got some about Wallace at the wide receiver position. Pay attention to Manny Diaz and James Franklin if they start talking a little bit about Devon Ellis. I think that those are good answers. And you stole one of my guys there with Trey Wallace because, and you know that I I think, I think he has a wide range of uh, results that we could see from him. Translation. I think he has a high ceiling. Will he hit it? That's the next question. I also, in looking at this, Andy, I, I was tempted to do the general answer Besides the top-level guys at wide receiver, instead of picking one out, I was going to say, as a group, who's going to step up among the others? Same thing at defensive tackle. In the group, who's going to step up? But since we're looking for specific names, I'm going to go completely different route. On offense, I'm going with Hunter Norzad. Good call. Move, moving to center. Now, I you I'm not saying they have so many great players at tackle, but you can at least identify three guys that, yep. you know, there's some depth there. At guard, we could identify multiple players. And I know the traditional move is guard to center, 
but I don't think it's automatic, Andy. And nope. I think the fact, if you look at, I forgot where I was looking at the roster, they identify one center only, okay, which was Hunter Norzad. So I think there's pressure on him and extra pressure on that position. You're replacing a good one in Juice Scruggs. You're also asking him to call the signals. There's other responsibilities. And if he doesn't do the job, they're obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but a very good chance they would turn to one of the other guards to move over. And there's always, you know, the possibility that it doesn't translate. So I'm going to say Hunter Norzad on the offensive side. And I'm not sure we're even going to be looking for breadcrumbs about him. I almost think the less we hear about him, the better. It means it's going all right and there's no issues. On defense, I often talk about this defense is so deep. You and I have this discussion all the time. I th- There's like 20 starters on this team on yep. defense. And so it's I'm not so much even, again, to use the like the defensive end position. There's at least three studs there. At tackle, maybe there's not the studs, but there's four, five, six different guys who could possibly do it. So I went... Is there someone who has a high ceiling, someone who could step up and be an impact player? I'm going with another one of my favorites, which is K.J. Winston. I think he can go, even if he's not playing full-time all the time, he's rotating in and out, I think he's a guy who can make plays, Andy. Yeah, I. that's an interesting call on K.J. Winston. I love the call at center. I, I think... KJ Winston's going to have to play his way into that type of role, but it's a good call. I like them both. They're two guys to keep an eye on. I I think he has a chance to to be very good. Andy, unfortunately, we're out of time. That's it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. 
you get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.